0: This is Wayne and I now, am Andrew. Hello. Wayne. <laughs> Did Aaron? you forget Andrew was on I the you know, line
1: I introduced Andrew and uh, then forgot about him. <laughs> literally
2: less than twenty seconds later.
1: <laughs> so uh I think uh, I believe I am on record as someone with uh personal space issues, you know. Uh, I am the guy who very much when, when back when I had an office, you know, in the office, people would try to come around the desk and, you know, look at my monitor and I'd be like, no, no. Your place is on the other side of this desk. You know, I am I am not a hugger. Uh, I I, uh, I I really have personal space issues. In fact, that's true. When
3: I hug you all the time,
1: I, I know. Stop it, Paul. <laughs> now <laughs> I know. I'm learning <laughs> things on this call.
2: He tenses up when you h- hug him. You haven't noticed that, but most people well, do. His is he,
0: <laughs> he needs personal space, and he needs space when people have clothes on. <laughs> but you you're naked when you hug him, so Fair. he's fine with that. Fair.
1: And it is a full pelvic, you know, press against you. But Paul grinds a little bit when he hugs you. <laughs> I do. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, you know, like even when like I'm I'm a big fan of the massage, and the way I cope with that during the massage is I never look at the masseuse. I mean, I'm I am always from the moment I get on the bed, my eyes are closed. That is the same when I go and get my hair cut. <laughs> I mean, I just or I'm looking at the other side of the room. I, I can't look at the stylist working on my hair. Uh, so I am getting a pedicure last week, and it's weird. I mean, you know, you got somebody there, you know, uh, grinding your hooves, and uh, you know, there is the, there is the part of the pedicure where they are massaging your leg which, you know, I just kind of go out of body and, you know, look across the room. And so she's sitting there and she's she's, you know, massaging my 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 calves and you know working up to my knee and out of the corner of my eye. So completely peripheral vision, because I'm not looking directly at her because I've gone to my happy place. Right. She is eye banging me. I mean, like she is she is rubbing my leg and just intent. Intently staring at me and i'm like i can't i can't be seeing this i'm th- th- this isn't happening and I, and again i'm not looking directly at her i'm i am strictly peripheral vision here and i'm like no no, no no she she has not she has not moved her head she hasn't blinked her eyes she is as earnest and as intent as she can possibly be and finally i mean suzanne is sitting right next to me getting her uh, pedicure as well and finally i turned to look at her and i'm about to say the fuck is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> and I realize that there is a television behind me, and she's watching the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. But there was this moment I'm like, you know, the hell is going
0: on here? <laughs> <laughs> stop staring at me! Yeah, stop it!
1: <laughs> see, so thought she was answer just going to be question.
0: watching you to see, or you know, how you were reacting to it, or something. But that's a better story
2: yeah i just thought she was into you and was trying to make a play for an older man well i aaron's <laughs> I mean, a handsome man whoa. older man wow yes yeah, I, I assume i assume she was younger she <laughs> yeah, was, i uh, mean that's a fair uh, assumption can years, you yeah. blame yeah. him?
1: Statistically
2: <laughs> speaking good oh, odds
1: so much hurt first thing in the morning wow yeah i mean they either come younger or retired so <laughs> wow i'm gonna switch the the subject and ask you how your world oh. cup experience has been boys
2: uh it's been fantastic. Uh you know the US uh moved out of the group stage. They're playing here in just a little bit uh in the first round of 16 against uh, uh Netherlands. So they're definitely the underdogs but fingers crossed. Uh, uh Paul, how about you?
3: Yeah, no, I've been enjoying watching it. You know, I've um <laughs> thankfully I have a TV in my office. So um, <laughs> so basically I just have it on in the background all day every day because I mean it is on Basically from like 5 a.m. to about 4 p.m. Give Last or take. Last games just start around one. So yeah. Yeah. Every day. So I just kind of have it on. So I've been enjoying it. I have seen more soccer. I mean, I am a soccer person. Um, you know, I, we we've talked about my love of Premier League, uh, on the podcast before, but this has been really enjoyable. Um, you know, seeing the different countries and, you know, see it's funny because like like I said, I watch Premier League. It's funny seeing the players. That usually that play for England teams now playing for their home countries. Yeah, <laughs> it's because they're all they're from all over, right? Um, right? So you know you see like oh well, man, that guy normally plays for Manchester City now he's playing for you know I don't know uh, his his home country and it's it's just been very interesting to watch. But no, World Cup has been enjoyable. I um you know we were up in Williamsburg, Virginia last weekend and um and I was like oh you know World Cup is on it's USA versus um Iran. I think that was last Saturday. England was last Saturday. Oh, England. Yeah, sorry. USA versus England was last Saturday. I'm like, let's go, let's go to a bar and watch it. There's a place around here. You know, let's just go check it out. And so we rolled in there, and that, you know, it's funny because I'm used to no one giving a shit. About
2: soccer. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Right. This place was so crowded. They removed all the tables (laughs) from the restaurant (laughs) and it was standing room only. And it was I mean, we we literally is it like a soccer bar or I mean, no, it's just like a normal sports bar. But, you know, I mean, it was first of all, it's a huge bar, but it was so busy. We ended up like standing in the like where you would normally wait for a table. That's how close we could get. <laughs> um, you know, basically, you wake your way through the crowd, you get yourself a drink, you go stand in your spot, and like they literally removed the tables from the place. It was like insane. I'm like, wow. Like World Cup, really? I mean, people watch soccer once every four years, basically. <laughs>
2: it's, the, it's it's like the Olympics. It's it's yeah. uh you know people who don't give uh, uh, two shakes for things like the the Diamond League or or the the professional skiing leagues, you know, they come out every four years for the Olympics and get into it. And, and that's what I kind of compare it to people who don't care about Premier League or MLS. When it gets to the World Cup, they come out for it.
0: Yeah. So, so, so this is how, a four-year thing. Every four I, years. Every four years is men, every four years is women. Every year. so, I'm sorry? I just thought this kickball tournament thing was every year. Now, in two years, we
3: get the Women's World Cup, and then two years after that, we get the Men's World Cup again. So it, it so, alternates. Yeah, so I
0: honestly was. had no idea the World Cup was going on until you guys just started talking about it. Well, and yeah. when, when we wrap up the podcast, go ahead and flip on Fox and uh, – Be- watching the no, u.s has, play
2: another uh, uh, netherlands
0: yeah like the rest of the u.s i don't give a shit about
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> world cup this is the time everybody does care because it's kind of the same here paul there have been so many people out for it and i wish i lived closer to kansas city they uh, uh are opening up nuts yeah they're opening up their park you've probably seen videos of it to for just these huge watch parties for not just the u.s games but for the mexico games and a few other countries uh uh, and they just get these huge crowds that come out to watch these games. And it's, it's a great venue. I don't, we don't really have anything like that here in Columbia. Uh, so I, I've been watching at home and of course two of the games fell during the work day. So that makes it less than optimal, but, uh, I'm excited to tell that, you next um, world cup because they're playing some in, in Kansas city. They you know, are the host. Yeah.
3: I, you know, I, I was telling Jen, I was like, hey, how would you feel about like basically just getting an Airbnb for the month, <laughs> it, it, yeah, sure. and just basically like moving to Kansas City for a month?
2: It'd be a great place
3: to watch. We can planning... work during the week, and you yeah. know, go hit the U.S. games. You know, want better played there. Yeah, I'm super I'm excited. excited. to say for that.
2: <laughs> We're already planning for it. We're going to go to at least some of the games because it's very close for us to pop up. Uh, that's what we do for MLS games. Uh, it's actually a little bit closer because they're playing in Arrowhead. But, um, yeah. you know, my last time at a World Cup game was back in the 90s. The last time the U.S. hosted it, we went to go see... Uh, uh Germany play mm, someone in Chicago. I have to think about that for a minute. Uh and it's it's just phenomenal. Even back then when when it definitely soccer was less of a thing here in the US, it was still an amazing experience.
1: It does feel like World Cup is bigger now than uh it has been previously. Yeah. Um yes. you I know, COVID for that? That's what, what I was going to say suggest <laughs> is that perhaps it's it's how we've all been locked up for the last two and a half years and uh, maybe COVID's got some, you know, it's like, yay, we're we're back in the world. But, you know, it's, I got to ask the first. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to ask, how's Pele doing in the World Cup? Oh, he's doing great. Uh, it, yeah. He's just here.
2: enjoying. He's enjoying his millions. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's
3: doing better than anybody on the field.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a little worried about Pulisic getting injured the other day. Oh, yeah. And right. Sargent. Yeah. Wait. So we'll see. We'll see how they and, do. And, and it's podcasting. Jason.
3: Because the the you know the team captain of the U.S. soccer team is uh you know he people call him Captain America yeah and uh, but he got his nuts uh, pelvic contusion so hard <laughs> in the game this earlier this week a pelvic contusion
2: Ouch. He does. Yeah. yeah yeah but he's he's supposed to be playing and then Sergeant oh. came down uh he he hurtled this guy's uh, Iranian player stuck his leg out he hurtled the guy's legs so it didn't trip. But then his right foot, his plant foot came down on the soccer ball and just forced it Ooh. way too far back. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. It sounds hurty. It, it does. Was hurt. It was hurty. But anyway, enough about World Cup, which is the best thing ever. Let's talk about some trailers. Yeah. You know, I don't know what.
3: I, I think it was. Um, there was some type of international convention that happened this week. I think it was Brazil, maybe. Um, I think
1: that sounds right.
3: Yeah, I think, like Is that yeah I think it was Comic Con
1: Brazil. Yeah, I think it was
3: Comic Con Brazil, and Disney was there, um, dropping like sh- all the things, like a shit ton of trailers. I'm like, yeah. whoa! Like I didn't expect. Yeah, you know, I got, just
1: assumed it was, it was another you know investor day or something for Disney. I was like, yeah. wow, I didn't know they're having a quarterly call, but it makes sense that it was Comic Con Brazil.
3: Yeah, um, and we got our first you know
1: real look at Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm sorry. I expected this to look like crap, and I thought it was. It looked brilliant. I I can't wait for this thing. I uh, um. I got a strong time travel vibe. Same. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, Dial of Destiny makes it sound like you know we're dialing things in. So. Right.
2: Yeah. It was surprisingly good. I agree. I after Crystal Skull, I didn't think I'd ever say that again about Well, after Indiana Crystal Jones. Skull, I was
1: like, I don't think I need another Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, I, and the the de aging that they've done on Harrison Ford uh, looks rather compelling. Mm-hmm. So it, I, 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 I looked good. I thought I mean, it looked Indiana really good. Obviously,
2: and, and,
3: and, all the way. So I'm, I'm I can't wait. I know it's not Spielberg, but I'm sure, but he's
1: producing it. Yeah. Well, Indy is always best when he's punching Nazi- Nazis. Absolutely. And he's, they've got Nazis. Yeah, lots of Nazis. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Looks like a surplus of Nazis. <laughs> a cornucopia
3: <laughs> of Nazis. Um, but you know it doesn't have Nazis is Guardians of the Galaxy 3.
1: Which or is really- does it? Oh, well, we don't or, know. Yeah, That's <sighs> right. You don't know. You don't Space know. Nazis. There could be some singing Nazis in there. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Deutschland, Deutschland, Über You don't know. You I don't know, know, I don't. I don't know about you guys, but when that
2: ship was landing in what looked like suburban Earth, oh. uh, I was quite shocked when the residents were all anthropomorphic animals.
0: Yeah,
1: that kind of threw me. I I liked how it kind of broke out in, into a failed dodgeball game. <laughs> yeah, well, it just shows you how why
2: first contact me can be tricky. That's yeah. right.
1: I, um, I, I liked that they were wearing uh comic book uh faithful yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy uniforms. Yeah, I, cool. I I I dug yeah. that. I was like,
0: oh yeah. Give me I some especially thought it was gonna be Earth after the holiday special. Yeah. Having some of them come to Earth. Uh-huh. You know, I noticed something about the Guardians of the Galaxy trailers. They never give us any clue what the movie's actually about. Right? Because
3: I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But I don't care. It's Star of the
1: Galaxy. Like, who gives a shit? Well, um, I'm gonna if, say some, if somebody hadn't posted a clip image on Instagram, I never would have caught that that was Adam Warlock on the screen.
3: Yeah, I was sad that they weren't – that he wasn't more prevalent to the trailer. Because, I mean, yeah. the, to the layman, to, be, to, the, to the person who's not listening to this podcast, you probably don't care. But for us, I mean – had a finally on the big screen. That is super exciting for me. And there was only yeah. that like two
1: second clip of him in the trailer. Yeah. I was and hoping it's a for deep, more. deep cut. I mean, yeah. it is a, a hugely deep cut. And, you know, it gives you some, makes you ask some questions, you know, uh, on what's going to happen in this thing. I, I just, I, I was uh, really pleased with how it looked, much as I was really pleased at how the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special looked.
3: I Did thought you see that, it yet, Karen?
1: Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I thought the holiday special was great. I mean, the uh, I I found some of the the uh, the cheaper end of the effects surprising, uh, but I forgave it because it was TV, not a not a film release like you know the Groot effects, obviously guy in a rubber suit. But uh, uh, I, I I dug it. I, I thought I thought the holiday special was really nice. And you know, my wife who is uh, You know, not a genre person, but does enjoy the Guardians movies, really enjoyed the holiday special.
0: The holiday special was so good. But what it also finally did was give us some real story and personality for Mantis. Uh Uh-huh. Because Mm -hmm. she has been like this background character that's kind of interesting, but never gotten a focus like she did in this holiday special. And we get to see like the wild swings her personality takes. And finally start to really care about her character.
1: Well, and, you know, the holiday special breaking form from just being, you know, you know, pandering actually revealed character story elements. You know, Mm -hmm. she and and Peter are brother and sister. I mean, I I thought that was really interesting that that the MCU continues to do what it always does, furthering the story. Uh, I, I thought that was really amazing. I I think if there is a failure in the, uh, guardians of the galaxy holiday special, it is that, uh, we never got a scene with both Peter and Kevin Bacon dancing, doing the footloose dance. I don't know why they didn't do that. Uh, I was, I was really disappointed that that didn't happen. I really thought a post credit scene of them, you know, dancing, uh, was going to happen. I mean, I'm
3: I just I am sure it Kevin, I'm sure it might have been in the script. I'm sure Kevin Bacon was like, I'm not doing.
1: This. I don't know. He well, he did it on. He did it on Saturday Night Live. He did it on. Uh, on He's done it on Will and Grace. He's done it in other places. He's done it on his fucking Instagram. I just don't understand why uh, that didn't happen here, because it felt
0: yeah. like a really missed opportunity. You know what else I appreciate about uh, some of these Marvel TV? They give us some of the best songs. Mm hmm. Yeah, you because know, you start off with WandaVision, Vision had uh, Agatha all along. Yeah, you get to Hawkeye, and I can do this all day. And now we get—I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, it's
1: I, I song. thought it was really well done. I, I liked it, uh, and I hope. I what I really hope because you know James Gunn is just there for hey, this is his niche. He's there for the fans. You know, as I understand it, somebody said, you know, we ought to do a a holiday special. And then three days later, he comes back with a script, you know, Uh,
2: that's amazing.
1: It is. And what what I hope this does is it challenges other directors and writers to say, yeah, let's think outside the box. Let's do something crazy. You know, I, I think that's the opportunity here. And now that Disney Plus is, has increased my uh, subscription by something like 38, uh, percent I think that uh, you know they've got the funds to do that. I think they're be, you're being targeted. I've not gotten that message.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's because from, people are hitting that three year. Um, you know, for, for people who who did that initial oh, three year assessment, now we're three years in, so they bumped yeah. it up. Yeah,
1: because I went from 7.99 to 10.99. So you, you know,
2: got which, the. You got the cheaper intro price, like the pre the pre order price. Yes. And now you go, now you're coming back to us regular humans. I don't like that. I
0: don't I I don't care for being in there with 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 the the, the, the unwashed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, unwashed the great masses. unwashed.
0: Yeah. I also got those messages, Aaron, and the, they are telling you if you change it to a full one year subscription, you can get a uh, basically hold off on the price increase. I don't. I did not see that in my message, but I'll go and have a look.
1: I'm I'm just it, it's, a, it's a Wayne only offer. yeah that's right it's, <laughs> it's, it is a ginger
3: only offer <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so we I mean we got those two trailers Guardians of the Galaxy 3 we got Ant, we got a new trailer for Ant-Man
1: and I'm oh. sorry Ant-Man just looks great I uh, and you know I this will be I I have the I'm really hoping that Ant-Man sticks the landing because that makes three really strong Ant-Man films and who'd have thought I I feel like I have to disagree with you on that because I really did not care for the
3: second Ant-Man movie.
1: You know, if you think I won't hop in the car, drive to Virginia Beach, and then beat you with my shoe, you are wrong, sir.
0: You know, I feel like I I am right on that. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, Eric. Things (laughs) things in the world wouldn't be right if Paul wasn't wrong about something. So we can accept that he's wrong about the second Ant-Man movie.
2: So we're we're saying that if we say something that Aaron dislikes, he'll come and visit us. Hold on. Um, (laughs) You know, Catman, the DC Catman is the worst uh, 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 superhero ever.
1: I will swing by Columbia, Missouri <laughs> on my way to Virginia Beach. I'll have waffles ready for you. That'll be a. L-
2: Aaron,
3: I, will, I have 50 hours to prepare for that. <laughs> Brace yourself. Uh, Wayne, are you excited for Transformers Rise
0: of the Beasts or whatever the hell it's called? I am very cautiously optimistic about it. Uh, I do not like the Bayverse movies. I loved Bumblebee. Yeah, Bumblebee. The big thing with this one is Industrial Light and Magic did not do the special effects. Oh, really? So all of the CGI that we're seeing is new. They didn't have access to the models that were used in Bumblebee, so they had to recreate them all. And some of them don't look as good as they did in Bumblebee, but others, I think, look really good. So that's why I'm really cautious. What I got from the trailer, though, we got to see Mirage using... His actual, you know, abilities. Yeah. We got to see personality from Optimus Primal, more personality from these characters than we got in any of the Bayverse movies. So I am cautiously optimistic, but I also saw a big giant battle full of Transformers that all looked gray. That yeah. You know, it's hard I'm, to I'm see, a little so. confused.
3: Like, because isn't opt- aren't Optimus Primal and Optimus
0: Prime the same thing? Person. No. No. No, they've never been the same. Uh, Optimus Primal in the cartoons is a descendant.
3: Ah, uh, okay, okay, I'm all caught up. I'm ready. I'm ready for Rise of the Beast. I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, I've seen all the Transformers movies in the theater. Um, I quite enjoyed Bumblebee. I don't hate the Bayverse movies. I they're guilty pleasures for me. It, 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 the last two literally make zero sense. Um, but they're loud. <laughs> and exciting. So, honestly, what got me there? really yeah.
0: excited on this trailer was seeing Mirage use his abilities and seeing RC. RC oh. looks so good.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. So. I'm surprised they didn't
2: call it Transformers Revelation. Revelation. Why would it be called Revelation? The Rise of the Beast. Uh, yeah. I'll uh. wait for you to figure it out. Yeah, no, I got, I, I got it now. It took me a
3: second. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> but. Yeah, that they're saving that for Transformers six six six. Oh um, right? Yeah. Someone hire me for marketing. Um, <laughs> you know, so Aaron, with your new four dollar increase on your Disney price or Disney or three dollar increase on your Disney Plus price, uh, you know, that, that money, that hard earned money that you're putting into Disney Plus is going into that new Willow TV series. <laughs>
1: Now, you know, friends, in case you're new to the podcast, uh, Paul loves... I love the shit out of Willow. Lo- real, loves real quick, not just Paul, Andrew as well, but go Okay, on. Paul yeah. and
0: Andrew, but mostly Paul, <laughs> love the movie Willow. Yep. Uh, and until last night, I had never seen the movie Willow. So- I made the uh, the mistake of, when replying to you guys yesterday about having never seen the movie... I did it using speech to text on my phone, where my wife could overhear me. <laughs> yeah. And my wife loves the movie Willow, so she's a good woman. So I so. I saw the movie for the first time last night. And it's a terrible movie, isn't it, Wayne? It is saccharine sweet kids movie. It's good. I won't uh, go so. Far, I won't say it's terrible. Uh, it was three against It wondering. held up better than I thought it would, considering its age. Oh yeah. But. It was definitely very saccharine sweet kids movie. It, it's just an awful film, and 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 so. <laughs> and, and Val so, Kilmer has the magic kiss that makes people change allegiances. Yeah, I mean,
2: that's that's not just, That's just not in the movie. That's true in the real
3: world too. That's true.
1: That's true. true. Yeah,
0: yeah. He could be your wingman anytime. Yes, but he uh,
1: uh, Paul, you know. Was very excited to find out that you know Disney Plus would be creating an, an ongoing Willow series using uh, several of the original actors. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I first thing I'll say, Paul, you know, Paul laid down the gauntlet and and said, you know, everyone has to watch the first two episodes of Willow for this week's show. Uh, I don't know that uh, that happened, uh, but no. otherwise, <laughs> consequences. That, that there was a, there was a threat there, and. Uh, so I watched both episodes of uh, of, of Willow, and I, I I'm going to say right straightforward Warwick, what's his name, Warwick uh, Davis. That Warwick Davis looks fantastic. Holy yeah. crap, he has aged beautifully. I, I, well, I to was, be fair, I, he
3: was 17
1: in the first Willow. Still, but yeah. that was how many years ago? I mean, <laughs> he does before. look really good. He, I mean, I I was I was very impressed with uh, with you know how well he has seasoned. Um but oh my god, there is a reason why they dropped two episodes because I thought the first episode was incredibly boring. Uh but these I thought the second episode uh carried it forward though I've got issues. I got so many issues, but uh, before I jump into that, I want to let Paul and Andrew and Wayne tell their sides of the story.
3: <laughs> um you know, for me, it, it's funny you say that the first episode was boring because, you know, I was watching and I'm like, huh, you know, you dro- You know, we've had this conversation on the podcast. Like when someone drops two episodes, you know that nothing happens in that first episode. Uh-huh. I feel like just the reverse. I feel like the oh, first episode like was happen. actually the, ex- the, the one that had the action.
1: And the second episode was a bunch of navel gazing. I feel like things happened in the first episode. I just didn't think any of it was particularly compelling. Yeah, I hear you.
3: I I will tell you, um, I'm just flat out. I didn't love the first two episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. I I, I felt like uh, I I felt like it just it's taking, you know, again, to your I I understand why they dropped the first two episodes. But at the same time, I'm I'm going to continue with it because I Mm -hmm. do have faith that there's the story is going somewhere and there will be villains and things like that. I feel like the budget
1: shows everything very much feels like a set. Oh, more. yeah, that is my biggest complaint about the show is that there when there is so much premium television set in in, in a fantasy land, um, you know, you look at the money on the screen for Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, you look at the money on the screen for Lord of the Rings or I'm sorry, the Rings of Power, whatever, you know, you look at that and then you watch this and you're like, man, this just looks like, you know, somebody shot it in their backyard you know, it does it doesn't have that texture and uh, that tangibility that some of these other shows have. And I, I think that's r- really makes it hard to watch. And that's part of the, the problem. When I did a rewatch of Willow a month or two ago, uh, that was one of my big problems. It's like, wow, you know, it really doesn't stand up against other fantasy movies. Yeah.
3: But I also understand why Disney didn't put all the money into it either. Right. Like yeah, of the new series. It's not it's you know, they, it's it's. For, it doesn't behoove Disney to spend much money on um on willow because it's it's not gonna months. bring in the audience yeah right? it's not gonna bring yeah. in you know a, a, th- that audience it's a cult classic right. so I get why um yeah the pacing felt a little bit off I do like a lot of the characters though um you know it, the, the charm of the original cast um you know I, I'm not feeling it just yet but right. uh, it, it I will tell you it wasn't a home run. But then again, I, you know when it comes to Disney Plus shows, other than the original batch of Disney Plus shows, like The Mandalorian and WandaVision, I don't feel like any of the Disney Plus shows have been home runs within the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to get at least three, four episodes in before anything really turns a corner for me. Same with Andor, same with Book of Boba Fett, same with <laughs> almost every Marvel show since WandaVision. It doesn't really get good until, like, the halfway point, And I feel like Willow yeah, uh, no, 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 Paul,
0: Paul, 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 Are you saying Book of Boba Fett ever got good?
3: The last oh, yeah. Right. The only thing watchable awesome. on
0: that show was the episode he wasn't in. No. Right. The <laughs> <couple I> <laughs> episode he wasn't in. in
3: was where it started getting good. Yeah.
0: Like, the last three episodes I thought were wonderful on Book of Boba Fett. It was, it was no. right after the episode. He that show in, was horrible it beginning to, to end. The <laughs> only watchable was the Mandalorian episode that had no <laughs> Boba Fett in it at all. So, Andrew, what did you think of Willow?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I have similar issues with, with as as both of you two gentlemen. Uh, you know, it was interesting. I'm going to keep watching it. I, I think it may continue to be good. I mean... T- t- Book of Boba Fett did get good eventually after that mm-hmm. Mandalorian episode, so uh, you know I'm going to stick with it. I, I've got a lot of nostalgia for it. Of course, I wish Val Kilmer had been healthy enough to have been uh, to reprise his role or have some sort of. Uh, I
1: suspect he he's going to make a CGI cameo towards the end because you know he was in Top Gun, right? Yeah, yeah. well, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I understand it was restricted, but have you watched that Val Kilmer documentary that's
0: on Prime? No Unfortunately, I know. It is, oh, you don't need fan. to.
1: No? It is fantastic. It's
0: depressing. It, it's heartbreaking. But it <laughs> I of- had no idea Val Coomer was in bad health. That's sad. Yeah. It yeah. Was- he-
2: did you did you not see the Top Gun reboot or yeah, no. sequel?
0: Yeah. OK. Yeah.
2: He's, he's Wayne. been sick for a while.
0: He's, he still hasn't seen the original Top Gun. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I have seen the original Top Gun. Oh, uh, thank just, God.
3: I'm messing with you. But yeah, no,
0: I, um, you know, uh, and Wayne, I'm, I'm
3: very curious to hear your thoughts. But one final thing that I have to say about it. The biggest issue for me, and I know it's a nitpick, but it's huge for me, mm-hmm. is the fucking modern songs that they yes. play at Absolutely. the end of each episode into the trailer. I'm like, okay, like just rip me right out of the fantasy.
2: Yeah, it's kinda like kind of like almost like uh uh the Shinara series that they put uh-huh. on MTV. There's so much uh out-of-place stuff in it that kind of it does, does take away a bit yeah I yeah. couldn't
1: watch that Shannara series I think I, I did two episodes so I'm like I'm out <laughs> uh,
2: it was something <laughs> I had in the background when I was working on uh, when I was painting so yeah. I didn't watch it so much as just listen to it yeah. but you so don't no, have I, a t-shirt no
0: yeah. <laughs> wait I what did you uh, think about Willow just I haven't watched it yet uh, uh because it. I watched we watched the All movie right. last night I was not up for oh, watching I had it, another t- two hours of Oh, okay. Yeah, I had in my head that you were four hours into Willow yesterday, and I was
1: just giggling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was not up to watching another two hours of Willow after watching the movie, so I have not seen it yet, but got it. We, I, my wife does want to watch the series, so I will be watching it. Yeah, you may want to give it a little bit, right? I mean, let just, just to see, out. yeah,
3: let, let it air out a bit and see, you know, where, uh, where the storyline goes. I mean... It, I, I, I'm not disliking it. It's just not cap. The new cast is not capturing me. The pacing is not I, capturing me.
1: You know who I really enjoyed? I enjoyed his uh, Willow's daughter. Uh, I oh, yeah. really she is. She is the character that I liked the most in the. You know, show. that's his real daughter. It really? Yeah. I, I I I thought she was terrific on screen. I really very much enjoyed her. And I'm you know I there are questions I'm asking. You know, we we assume that his wife and son have died. Um, I'm kind of curious what happened there. Yeah.
3: You know, I, I will say the new cast out of all of them, they rightly chose the only one that I really liked right off the bat mm -hmm. as the one to actually be, and I don't want to spoil things for Wayne, but, um, there is a blonde lead character who's a cook or a baker. Dove. (laughs) Dove. Yes. Dove. (laughs) Dove. Dove is, um, out of all of them, she's the one that captured me right away. With, yeah, yeah, she, she did. was charming. She, yeah. <laughs> she, 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 she was interested. She's more interested. Oh, you're was. not creepy at all.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know my point. But, no, we'll, so we'll, we'll, we will follow
1: up on Willow, uh, you know, as the series continues. Well, I want to ask a quick question. Am I still the only one who's watched Olive Andor? Yes, I'm halfway through. Yes, you but are. But, you know, awesome. I've got to
3: fit it in in between Yellowstone and Tulsa King and now Willow.
0: Yeah. Well, my- I'm going to give it another try. Like I said, I just did not like it as it started, and I didn't get past the second episode. So.
3: I think we've hit the I, nail I on the like head that Disney Plus shows don't get good until about episode four.
0: Yeah. Well, gentle listener, agree?
1: gentle listener, I just want to say that it ended beautifully. Uh, no spoilers here, but uh, w- once the guys have seen it, we'll talk about it. I, I, I am so pleased with the way the story ran and was was told to us in uh, in Andor. So, can't wait to talk to you guys about it when you finish it. I'll get yeah. caught up as soon as the World Cup ends.
0: But yeah. I tell you what,
1: I've got so many things to watch. I mean, and they're, they're they're not all genre in fact most of them aren't. I've got Tulsa King. I've only watched the first episode. I haven't watched ah. any of Yellowstone yet this season. Ooh. Um, I got Ooh. some other stuff too that my wife and I watched together but we just haven't watched anything. Yeah. Uh, Tulsa King is very good. Yeah, I Reagan. love it. I'm
3: genuinely enjoying it. Um, it, it's certainly worth watching. Especially Reagan. if you're a Stallone fan cuz it's very Stalloney. Yeah.
2: Reagan and I finished up Stranger Things season four. Right now we're catching up on Lego Master. She's watching Yellowstone. I've never gotten into it, but oh uh, I I know some of what's happening this season because I
0: am in the same room sometimes. So but. Andrew, is that season two of Lego Master or is a new season out that I didn't know about?
2: New season out you don't know about. Season three is uh, I think nice. the first ten episodes are out.
0: Okay, I know what I'll be watching this week over lunch.
2: Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's I I love Lego Masters. It's uh it's it's kind of like a feel-good reality show, you know, a lot of the shows that people, you know, there's a lot of, like, bad feelings and competitiveness. It seems like the the, the contestants on the show always kind of come together, and they're almost more like a family than, like, contestants. But, uh, that's what we're watching. And then, so once we get through Caught Up on Lego Masters, we're going to pop over to Andor.
3: Yeah, I will definitely be popping into, uh, you know, uh, for me, Andor, I, like I said, I got about halfway through. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. Um, unlike most people, I actually did like it kind of from the beginning yeah um but I will uh you know I'm gonna give it a shot I, i'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep it going and uh, I will we, yeah we'll touch base later on uh you know towards the holiday
1: season. I am a big fan of uh, the family's droid uh B I think is what they call him oh yeah yeah I, I just I, I love how you know he just looks so primitive in comparison to like an R2 unit I just I, I, I love that droid
3: well, let's talk a little bit about comics Um uh, what? I know, just a few, just a few.
1: I thought this was Disney Plus with Aaron and Paul. <laughs>
3: well, that'll be our next podcast. <laughs> now that we're paying for it, we got to make some money back on, yeah, on right. our investment. Some ROI. Uh-huh. Um, you know, in all the 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 DC books that I read this week, they had the uh, the two-page splash ad for Batman Spawn.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, the the sequel, I guess, to, to the storyline from, I don't know, 25 years ago at this point. I, I'm looking forward to it. Written by Todd McFarlane. Art by Greg Capullo and Todd McFarlane. I don't know why I'm looking forward to it, because every time I hop into Spawn, which is also written by Todd McFarlane,
0: I'm appalled at how bad the writing is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, this is maybe like, me, Paul, do you do you have nostalgia for the original? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Especially, the you know, because the the funny thing about the original and it is it is has been re-released, co- collected. Um, but the original Batman Spawn crossover, one of them was, you know, had beautiful art by Todd McFarlane but shitty writing by Frank Miller. And then the other one had beautiful writing by Doug Minchin, Chuck Dixon and Alan Grant and not so great art by Klaus Janson. So it was kind of this like weird thing where it's like, oh man, between these two books there's
0: one good one. <laughs> but, but I'm still like the one good one story was so good. I it loved was. it. Yeah.
3: You know, that was back when Frank Miller was, you know, that was the start of where Frank Miller Was uh was not doing the best work of his career, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Batman Spawn. We will. It says it's a blockbuster prestige format one shot coming out this uh this December. So Wayne and I will at least be reading it.
1: Yeah, as long as they release it digitally. I have never been a Spawn fan. He has never uh interested me. I mean, I I I I've tried to get into the comic book. Tried to get into the old animated series that was on HBO. Mm Uh, I just something about it's just never um never never hit me right but I it's I've just always fun for
3: like the first hundred issues um but then it's just kind of like okay <laughs> but, but i do yeah. really enjoy todd McFarlane's artwork same same he's still you know um i will say of the image the image creators all of them may, maybe a little less jim lee but you know they, they all still kind of maintain strong artistic style right mm-hmm. todd McFarlane, wills Portasio um mark silvestri I mean, those guys, they, they still draw just as good as they did back then, which you know wow. you don't see very common.
0: Spawn is one of those characters I look at, and it was a right place, right time in my life for me to really enjoy when the book came out. Right. And if it were to come out now, I don't think I would enjoy it at all oh, no. like I did then. But at the no, time, I've, I loved it. It was certainly I recognize that. You know, Spawn was a
1: product of the time. It was a '90s book, mm-hmm. uh, and I and and I think that's part of the problem. Like I recognized the quality of it at the time, it just wasn't my thing. Um, I think the problem is is that s- some of these characters are so set in the time in which they're created, it's really hard for them to break free from it. I think a lot of the uh, milestone books suffer from that issue, like. I, I think they've done a really effective job with Blood Syndicate in updating it for today. But to, to do that, they had to break from the core of Blood Syndicate, mm-hmm. which was the you know gangs issues that were happening in the '90s. And I think you know Spawn uh, really was an element of, of the '90s era. And I think it's just hard to make that transition.
3: Yeah, it, it is. You almost have to reboot it with you know similar maybe ideas but you have to kind of change the core concept on a lot of these things i mean spawn was born out of basically ripping off spider-man and the crow yeah you know very 90s concepts so
1: but you know i but you know superman suffers from the same thing you know know, superman was launched in the 30s and in just a very different time and i mean how many times has superman had a a a a significant reboot in the way his origin is told and who the, what the core of that, that character is to such a degree that we're not, we're still not very far removed from when they took from his truth, justice in the American way, they took American way out of that. I mean, that is a core concept of that character, but because of who we are as a nation these days, folks thought that might be a little offensive to some people,
3: (laughs) you know, Uh, fighting for everyone. Well, you know that, so that brings us kind of, you know, I, I, Got off on the spawn tangent, but that brings us to this Kal El return special. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we—it's we, funny because we had spoken, I think, uh, with the latest issue of uh, Superman, Son of Kal El.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, how it feels like we keep seeing Superman return to Earth. Yes. Um, the never ending like return, the never, it's like, <laughs> okay, I thought he was returning with the giant war world in the sky. And then, you know, we see his re- reunion with Jonathan Kent. And so this book was a, you know, it kind of pinged on me the same way. Um, but okay. Like I feel like I've seen a lot of already reunions between these characters, but I mean, that being said, I actually, we had talked about the, uh, Superman, the death of the death of Superman special that came out recently. I feel like I enjoyed this more than that, as far as it relates to, you know, these anthology books with different
1: creative teams. Yeah, I I think the important thing to know about this book is that there's no real conflict in it. You know, the, the conflict is secondary to to the you know character returning and saying hello to everybody, you know, saying hello, you know, saying hello to Lois in Paris. Ooh, la la. Uh, <laughs> You know, getting back together with Batman, getting back together with the Justice League, you know, and even though, you know, we've got a Lex Luthor story and we've got a nobody from Doom Patrol story, those encounters are really secondary to character character building and just uh, character moments, I should say. That said, I I thought it was I thought it was a warm, fuzzy kind of book. I liked it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. you know, I I did not like the Jimmy Olsen story. Because it felt all over the place. I didn't like that Jimmy Olsen story because it didn't make any sense. Exactly. Yeah. Jimmy's like on one one page. He's talking about how horrible everything was with him gone. And how the world needs him back. And then he's saying, your son did a great job while you were gone. And
1: yeah, the whole
0: that whole story is Jimmy
1: trying to get the perfect picture to capture Superman's back. Right? And so the... The picture that he decides is going to tell the story, that is going to capture the moment, is staged for one. That bothered me, him being a news photographer. And in order to do it, he has to fly up in a supersonic jet to get a picture of Superman in the clouds looking at two of Jimmy Olsen's pictures. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I went back and I'm like, Matt Fraction didn't write this, did he? <laughs> no, anyway. he did not.
3: Yeah, I was just like, this is terrible. I like them. There were moments in this book I like. And, you know, I think that's part of for for me, the like in the first story, it was less about the villain. So, you know, Mark Wade writes the first story mm-hmm. um, with art by Clayton Henry. You know, he's he is um, one of the artists on the Superman Son of Kal-El book, um, you know. It's for me the fav- my favorite bit was Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent sitting in the kitchen um, you know those
1: those moments I, and I, I enjoyed I agree with you I think I think I think the moments in this book that I enjoyed the most were the Bruce and Clark moments and the Lois and Clark moments but here's my complaint about both of those. Um, I didn't need the conflict with nobody in the pages of the Batman and Superman story. I could have just dealt with, you know, Batman's wrapping up a night on the town and Superman shows up and they just have breakfast together. Yeah. It, I didn't need this really meaningless character, somebody that they never fight. It's not even their villain, right? Yeah, There are no, there are really no stakes here. And so you've got part of the story that's committed. And I feel like my, I, It really felt gratuitous because Mark Waid's dumping all of this, you know, this backstory on us that really doesn't do anything for the story. Right. The story is Clark and Batman coming back together. Mm -hmm. And we waste page after page after page on this when really the heart of this is them having an omelet that Bruce makes. And I would have liked Clark to talk about, you know, he talks about, you know, the only time when you uh, have breakfast, you know, you hire a cook or a chef, right? And it seemed like there was an opportunity to talk about Alfred probably made most of the omelets in Batman's life, right? I would have preferred more character there than we were given. To your point, I think that was the best part of the story. And we got a a page and three panels of that. Um, and and similarly, I feel like we have paid really short shift to Lois with Clark coming back. I mean, I I really think we could have a full story of Lois and Clark doing something together, other than them, you know, kissing and heading off to the bedroom. You know, I would love Lois to talk about her. She had to have been upset that he left and that there was danger there. You know, there had to be some some sort of. I mean, I, honestly, I, I feel like there's some trauma there because there, there's a moment in that in that war world story where we don't know if he's ever coming back. Right. Um, it seems like your wife might have some words on it. <laughs> I, I, I you know, when I'm when I'm late back from work, I I get to hear about it. You know, uh, you know, if I'm out of touch when when I'm when I was supposed to be back, I, I feel like Lois would have some things to say about that. We
0: haven't uh, peeled that onion yet. And I think we should. And and so, I mean, I just feel like some of this avoid that, though, and that's one of the frustrations I have with the married Superman and uh, Lois is that they want to shy away from the fights that are natural for a married couple. Exactly. Let's go back to pre Flashpoint we get the whole krypton story where he's off on new krypton for a year and mm-hmm. finally comes back and Lois talks about how much she loves flying with him so the first thing he does is the grounded storyline where he walks across america and doesn't fly yeah he's really an absentee horrible husband and they don't ever deal with that yeah no i agree i i i think that that's a really
1: that's a big missing component of this Kalel return story, both in the regular ongoing series as well as in this special. But yeah. hey, Justice Society uh, of America, plan. number one. What yes. do we think about that? It was, you know, I will tell you the Justice
3: Society of America's number one uh, from Jeff Johns and Michael Janine, Janine or Janine, Janine, it surprised me. I had I I did I don't know what I expected of this book, but you know Jeff Johns has written Justice Society of America before and wrote a wonderful Justice Society of America book, and this is very different than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is basically the Huntress traveling through time, you know, and meeting different versions of the Justice Society.
1: Well, Huntress daughter of. Catwoman or Batman. Yes. So, you know, already, you know, we're, we're, we've reset to a silver age origin. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get to see her justice society is all criminals. Yeah. (laughs) Right. She's
3: trying to reform criminals.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, it, it's a, it's a pretty violent book and it's not the warm and fuzzy, you know heroes of legacy you know training training heroes for tomorrow that is not the story we're telling until the very last page i i thought it was like yourself paul it was not what i was expecting it wasn't bad no it it wasn't bad at all and i think the artwork is
0: fantastic Uh, i will be the differing voice in that i found this hugely disappointing and i hated this issue i can understand though because it's not when you hear Jeff Johns and
3: JSA and know his adoration for those characters, this is not the book you expect. You don't expect to see Power Girl shot and killed. Um, oh, and pretty know. grisly, too. I mean, yeah, I was have,
0: just, I was And really I bad. don't even have a problem with it, except I'm sick of the story. We have had now one shot after one shot preparing for the Justice Society that involves seeing the future versions killed going back through time. I'm I'm ready to start the story. It felt like another great big pause before the story to set up this version of Huntress that they're going to drop into the story. If I hadn't already seen multiple justice societies killed in these one shots leading up to it, maybe it wouldn't have been such a big disappointment. But all of that was supposed to lead up to starting the story. And I still don't feel like the story started. I feel like it's another great big like zero issue and not a real first issue.
3: Yeah, no, and I, I understand. I get it, because, you know, to your point, we have seen the, you know, the Flashpoint Beyond set up, and then the new Golden Age set up, and then the Stargirl set up, and this first issue is set up, and I have like, really, you know, for for me, the first issue, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit repetitive, because we've already kind of established that this is what's going on, but if you hadn't read those other books, yeah, you know, this is a first issue, right? Like, I, I get that they had to basically reset it up, um, you know, so I, I'm I'm hopeful for the next issue continuing the story. Uh, The art was, I thought, beautiful. Yeah, okay. uh, I like the callback to Flashpoint Beyond when Catwoman throws the uh, snow globe,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, at uh Selena, Helene, Helena, uh, mm-hmm. to send her back in time. Like, I like how it's all tying together, but I do understand your point, Wayne, and that at this point, you know, and honestly, we we had the same conversation about Flashpoint Beyond. We're essentially four issues into this specific story, and it's, and it's just starting now. Yeah, it's yeah. all I mean, and
0: I'm still on for the second issue. I'm not jumping off or anything. I just was hugely disappointed by this.
3: It's yeah. I'm looking forward to. i, I I'm very curious to see where the story goes now. Now that we're finally starting where this is going, um, I, I like Helena Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, the way Jeff Johns writes her. In fact, I like the way Jeff Johns writes Future Catwoman. You know, these are these are kind of. It's funny because Tom King kind of set up a lot of this stuff in his arc mm-hmm. on Batman, but I didn't like the way he wrote them. Um, I like what Jeff Johns is doing with it. So yeah, I'm, I'm 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 curious where this storyline will goes. But yeah, it, it's it's another issue of setup. Well, I, I
1: can't speak high enough about the quality of the artwork throughout this book and you've got a number of different artists working on the pages uh i just i just think it's gorgeous and i think that the visual storytelling is just off the charts and and i absolutely hear you wayne about your frustration that didn't that didn't hit with me uh because i just was so swept away by the visuals in this book You know, some some books you move through and it's just like let's just get to the next page, right? Uh, Even though there's nothing wrong with the artwork, the 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 visual, the cadence of visual storytelling just isn't there. And I just I felt drawn through this story. Um, I very much enjoyed it. And I, I I a lot of times I find the different artists working on different pages distracting. And because this, you, they were using the different artists who tell the different segments in time, I thought it just worked beautifully. I thought this was so well executed. Kudos to the artists. Kudos to the, kudos to the editor. Uh, this is – I thought this was just beautifully put together. But that said, guys, Catman and Kitten number one over in the pages of Dynamite Comics. You know you had to love this one. Great cover. <laughs> so you know, in case you're unaware, Catman is a uh, is a public domain character, right? Uh, that DC. Years ago, brought into their continuity, and and so there's the DC version of that character, but there is a public domain uh, aspect to the character that Dynamite has chosen to incorporate into uh, its superpowers line. And Catman and Kitten number one came out this week. I think Wayne and I both read it. Paul, did you? Oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just Wayne and I. Wayne, what'd you think of Catman?
0: This was the blandest book I think I have ever read. Yeah, it was written by Jeff Parker, friend of the show, Jeff Parker.
1: Uh, and uh, I only got halfway through it last night before I decided to turn the light off. Now, in its defense, I was very tired last night. And, uh, I was well I was well up past my bedtime because some some guy made me watch two hours of Willow.
3: Uh, (laughs) Ah, I I, I can't even like argue. (laughs) Did you tell the book this
0: never happens to me? (laughs) Never, never happens to me. Yeah, that's correct.
1: So I haven't finished it yet, so it's not fair for me to review it. But I will say it's got a lackluster uh, beginning and it sounds to me like, Wayne, it doesn't pay off.
0: It is just so generic and bland. I mean, it's like it is written in the 50s. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm that's disappointing because Jeff Parker usually does it for me. But uh, anyway, well, hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, I am sorry that Catman and Kitten
3: did not work out well for you guys. But maybe next week there will be some books that will. Um, there is a lot coming out next week. So from DC Comics, we get the final chapter in the failsafe arc from Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez uh, in the pages of Batman issue 130. We also get um, newish. Issues of Batman and the Joker and Deadly Duo from Mark Silvestri and the Joker, uh, the man who stopped laughing from Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, I've been enjoying that series also from Marvel Comics. We get the first issue of Dark Web, which is the new um, Spider-Man book crossover where Ben Reilly and Madeline Pryor have teamed up um, kind of an, uh, an Inferno. Uh, sequel a little bit, so Spider-Man and the X-Men teaming up to, to combat Madeline Pryor and Ben Riley. Uh, Zeb Wells is the writer on that one, Andy and Adam Kubert is the uh, artist on this first issue. So I will definitely be picking that up. Very um, exciting. Yeah, and uh, so and also new issues of Predator, Punisher, Spider-Man from Dan Slott. I don't think Dan we talked about
1: the I don't think we talked about the last issue of Predator.
3: I don't think no, we did. We yet.
1: No, not
3: yet. Um. And we have a Thanos twofer next week. Um, the newest issue of Thor issue 29 uh, is the start of an arc called the legacy of Thanos. And we also have a book called Thanos death notes, um, which we talked about recently um, because it's written by J. Michael Straczynski.
1: Interesting.
3: Looking forward to those books and more, including a new Gargoyles book from Greg Weisman from uh, dynamite comics and in continuity with the Disney series. Gargoyles.
2: I never got into that. That was a little past my time. I, I started
0: uh, it, but you, I think to your point, it was a little bit past my time. So I only really saw like the beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys missed out. It was solid storytelling. And as a Star Trek The Next Generation fan, it's basically a Star Trek The Next Generation reunion show with all the voices. Yeah. Huh.
1: there you go. Well, hey, uh, we want to know what you think about uh, this week's books, next week's books, and maybe what you're getting for Christmas. But don't give us a call. Absolutely do not dial 972-763-5903. That number not to dial once again is 972-763-5903, because that is not our phone number any longer.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The fact that you still go through the whole spiel is fine Uh. to me. But instead, (laughs) just hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And in fact… All three scenes of Gargoyles are right now on Disney+. Plus. So spend your hard earned ninety nine dollars getting <laughs> caught up on, on that in time for next week's books. Excellent.
1: All right, guys. Well, go watch your your, uh, your sports ball show, and uh, we will uh, do it all over again next week. Go, USA. See you then. Woo. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com.